Good morning. One of the things that happens on Remembrance Sunday is that we look back and reflect on the scale and the horrors of the enemy that was faced. Yes, we do that in light of a victory that was won, but as we look back and remember the enemy that was faced, it, it helps us to remember that there are still many enemies in our world today, many ongoing conflicts. We, we consider the various remaining threats that there are in the world that would seek to come against the freedom which was won all those decades ago in the world wars. In the Christian life, we live with a similar posture day by day. We look back as Christians, we look back to a remarkable victory, the victory of the cross of Jesus Christ. It was an even more costly victory than the world wars. An even more decisive victory was won at the cross. An even greater freedom was secured at the cross of Jesus Christ. But as we look back and remember that victory, we're also considering the enemy the horrors of the enemy that was faced. And as we do that, we still see around us today many conflicts which we are caught up in, enemies and attacks that we face. What we see in our passage today, we're mainly going to look at Nehemiah chapter 6, is Nehemiah dealing with multiple attacks as he lives for God. He is bombarded by so many different attempts to pull him away from his God and the work that God had called him to and I think that we will be able to relate to many aspects of this chapter, not only in terms of what is coming at Nehemiah, but also hopefully how he responds to that. So firstly, I want us to see three different aspects of the attacks that Nehemiah faces and that we face day by day. So firstly, we encounter in verse one what I'm going to call the not again enemies or the not them again or not that again. You'll see why I think uh, as I just read the first few words. Now, when Sambalat and Tobiah and Geshem and the rest of our enemies, and on it goes now, we'll, we'll get to what's coming. But when you hear those names, you might understand why I've called them the not again enemies or the not them again enemies. Because let me give you a whistle stop tour of uh, these guys' involvement in the book of Nehemiah so far. If you've been tracking along with our journey, you will know these names and just listen to how they are brought up. You know, the, these verses I'm about to read are virtually all the mentions they get. Listen to how, they're, how they come up in this book. So verse 10 of chapter 2. When Sanballat and Tobiah heard this, it displeased them greatly that someone had come to seek the welfare of the people of Israel. Or down to verse 19 of chapter 2. When Sambalat and Tobiah and Geshem heard of it, they jeered at us and despised us. Um, turn over to verse 1 of chapter 4. Now when Sanballat heard that we were building the wall, he was angry and greatly enraged and he jeered at the Jews. Or jump down a couple of verses later and you see the real childish nature of, of the attacks that they're bringing here. Verse 3, Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him and he said, yes, what they are building. If a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone wall. You know, come on guys. Uh, and then if you turn over to, if you look down at verse 7 of chapter 4, it says, when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabs and the Ammonites and the Asherites, when they heard that the repairing of the walls of Jerusalem was going forward, uh, they were very angry. 
And then in chapter 6, we've already read in verse 1 of when they hear of something. And we're going to see multiple fresh attempts that they make in this chapter to get at Nehemiah. And there is a sense of, ah, not these guys again, not them again. Now, we all face enemies like this. Attacks, issues, struggles that might seem to show up again and again. What are those things in your life? One of the things I'm going to ask in this message is for you to consider what are the attacks that you're facing? What are the enemies that you're encountering? What are the issues that you struggle with in your day-to-day life? Now, I don't necessarily mean people. Here, it's people that are coming against Nehemiah. It could be for you, but I want to encourage you to reflect a little bit more deeply than that. Look more deeply within. What are the circumstances that you find yourself in again and again? Are the repeated inner voices of accusation and torment? Or the behaviour patterns that you find yourself in over and over again? Or a, or a bitterness that has grown in you over time? We should be aware of these types of enemies. We all face them and they're different for all of us and they can often come to us through the sort of sneaky, wearisome ways that Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem show up. Did you spot the way that they operated again and again through these chapters? When Sanballat and Tobiah heard this, when Tobiah and Geshem heard that, and you get this picture of them just creeping around just with no purpose at all apart from to try and listen out or look out for that which they could use to get at God's people and to get at God's work. And friends, this is how our enemies often come at us, just creeping around the enemy, creeping around, seeking to find some way to to throw us off track. What are your not again enemies that you need to be conscious of? I hope that you are aware of what they are. Those things that have thrown you off track again and again. We need to be alert to these enemies, these attacks that we face. Now, look at how they operate in Nehemiah chapter 6. In verse 2, Sanballat and Geshem attempt to trick Nehemiah. And they say, come and let us meet together. Um, But... It says at the end of verse 2 that Nehemiah Nehemiah knew, he says there, they intended to do me harm. So in verse 3, he stands firm against this attack. Now, what we're going to see is that these attacks are repeated and amplifying. It starts off fairly light. Come and let's meet together. But listen to what happens. Verse 4. And they sent to me four times in this way, and I answered them in the same manner. Go Nehemiah. Verse 5. In the same way, Sanballat for the fifth time sent his servant to me with an open letter in his hand. Now we'll get to this letter, but what we see here are these repeated attempts to say to Nehemiah, come and leave this God that you are, are seeking to serve and come and leave this work that God has given you to do come over here come over here forget it come and be with us come and get caught up in our toxic mess and this is part of what I mean by this not again enemy that 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 Nehemiah is facing and, and those attacks that come our way 
It's not just the same issues and the types of confrontation, but it's, it's that these come over and over and over again. But it's not only that. We see here in these verses that these attacks are not only repeated, but that they amplify over time. It starts with, hey, come, let's hang out. And that's repeated over and over again. But then for, from verse 5, they try a different way to get at Nehemiah. Let's read. Uh, so, this, so what happens? They send this open letter so that others are drawn into that. And then we can pick it up in verse 6. In this letter was written, it is reported among the nations... And Geshem also says that you see what they're doing here, right? That you and the Jews intend to rebel. This is why you're building the wall. And according to these reports, you wish to become their king. And you have also set up prophets to proclaim concerning you in Jerusalem. There is a king in Judah. And now the king will hear of these reports. So now come, they say, and let us take counsel together. Some people are talking, Nehemiah about your dodgy motives and ambitions. So hey, let's come together and let's, let's make a plan. You see, it's, it's getting more sinister, but that doesn't work. So the attack amplifies again. In verse 10, Nehemiah's enemies are, are, have now hired someone who tells Nehemiah that people are out to kill him. They act like they want to help so that they can do harm to Nehemiah to trick him into sinning against God. The point is this, friends, that our not again enemies come at us time after time and their attacks become more and more sinister. And finally, we see the nature of these attacks that we face here, that they are rooted. Thirdly, they're rooted in lies and fear to provoke abandonment of God. This is what Sanballat and co are up to. Lie after lie to provoke fear in Nehemiah so that he will give up on God and give up on the work that God has called him to. Listen to this. Nehemiah is very aware of this. Look at verse 8. For they all wanted to frighten us, Nehemiah says, thinking their hands will drop from this work and it will not be done. And then we see the same response in verse 13. For this purpose, this guy that was hired to, to trick Nehemiah, he was hired that I should be afraid and act in the same way and sin. And so they could give me a bad name in order to taunt me. Lies again and again that lead to fear. He says it again in verse 14, they wanted to make me afraid. Now this, these lies, this is what all followers of Jesus experience. The devil, Jesus said, is a liar and he's the father of lies and he's crafty. He'll try any trick to stop folk from trusting in God, to make them afraid so that they give up from entering into his work. We need to consider what are the attacks that we are prone to face? How have we seen them repeating and growing in intensity? What lies are you listening to just now? I think in this season where life has been so mixed up and the, the way that we have been kept from fully engaging in the various spiritual rhythms that God intended for us to follow, we need to be aware of the attacks that we face. Are you? Are you? We must be. 
But then in this chapter also we see Nehemiah's response to these attacks. And it's it's encouraging and we can find help, I think, in this. The first thing is just very simple to say. Simple to say, not easy to do. He resisted. He resisted. You'll know, are you resisting the attacks that are coming at you just now? Or are you just passively not even perhaps aware of what's going on? Over and over again, Nehemiah did not give in to the attacks that came his way. So from verses 1 to verse 11, in those 12 verses, six times in this passage, Nehemiah says, No, I will not give up on my God, and I will not give up on who God has made me to be, and I will not give up on what God has called me to do. An important question for us to ask. It's not the ultimate question. We'll come to that in a moment. But an important question as we think about the attacks that that we face as God's people is this. Will we resolve to stand firm when the attacks of our not them again enemies come at us? Will we resolve to stand firm with the help of the Holy Spirit? This is why Jesus taught us to pray every single day, lead us not into temptation. This is why the Apostle Paul told us to put to death, put to death, church, what is earthly in you. This is why James said, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and then the wonderful promise, and he will flee from you. May we resist the attacks that come at us. This is what Nehemiah did. But the question, if you're anything like me, I want to know how. I struggle with that, right? How? How did Nehemiah do this? Well, he did it. Secondly, he did it because he was confident in what God had called him to. There are a couple of moments in this chapter that make me smile, which point to a sort of confidence we can have when dealing with Satan's attacks that come at us. In verse 1, we're told that these enemies had heard that I had built the wall and that there was no breach left in it. So it's done, right? And then I love the little parenthesis that you get here. Although up to that time, I had not set up the doors in the gates. I love it. There's no good reason to throw that parenthesis in apart from that Nehemiah wants to know these enemies hadn't even realized that the wall wasn't even finished. They're gutted that there's this strong wall, but they haven't even realized I've not even put the doors on. <laughs> Silly Billy's Sambala and company. That's, that's what Nehemiah is getting at here. And then there's a similar moment in verse three where Sambala and his friends have tried to trap Nehemiah, asking him to meet. Now, Nehemiah could just reply to that and say, hey, listen, sorry, I can't make it on that particular day. But look how he responds in verse three. He says, and I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? This is top level trolling from Nehemiah. You know, I'm not going to come down and fall into your trap. And the reason I'm going to give you for why I can't is exactly the the reason for the trap that you've put in place in the first instance. I'm doing a great work and I need to stick to this great work. Sorry, guys, I can't come and hang out. Sometimes we need this kind of attitude when dealing with sin, that kind of resolve and confident sort of pushing away of what comes at us. When we discover our confidence in God, we can increasingly face confidently into whatever attack comes our way. 
Martin Luther, the 16th century church reformer, had some great quotes about this. Some of them I'm not even able to share here, so bold they were. Uh, but how about this one? He says, I often laugh at Satan and there is nothing that makes him so angry as when I attack him to his face and tell him that through God I am more than a match for him. This is like Nehemiah in this chapter, never giving in, never faltering, slightly scoffing along the way and confident in the work that God had called him to. It was a great work, verse 3, that God had called him to. And it was a great God who'd called him to that work. And we need to understand this, brother, sister, do you know that God has called you to a great work? He is bringing his kingdom here on earth and he's inviting us to be a part of that. When we grasp that, that can give us great resolve when we feel under attack. We have to keep doing this. We have to keep coming back to who God is and what he's doing. We have to keep lifting our eyes away just from what's before us to, to consider what God is calling us to and who this God is who's calling us to it because ultimately, finally, the answer is not that Nehemiah had it all together or that we can have it all together in ourselves. It is ultimately that Nehemiah was dependent on God. He was dependent on God. In this passage, we see a number of glimpses that Nehemiah knew this wasn't about him. But he was reliant on God. Verse 9. For they all wanted to frighten us, thinking their hands will drop from the work and it will not be done. But now, O oh God, strengthen my hands. Strengthen my hands. I love it. There is this sign of dependence of God as he cries out to God. Yes, he's confident at those who are coming at him. But in the quiet, he's saying, oh God, I need you. God, keep me strong in you. And this is so often the way, if you have known people who seem confident and strong in God, if that is a true godly strength, you will know that alongside that is running this humble, quiet, earnest dependence on God and his strength, not their own strength. It's so inspiring to come across people like that. We see another glimpse of this in verse 11, where Nehemiah is being scammed and he's told to go and hide in the temple. But Nehemiah makes clear he has no place strolling into the temple of God. He's declaring God big and himself small. There's another example, another glimpse of this in verse 14 where Nehemiah calls for God to remember what these enemies have done. He, he knew that for justice to truly come, he had to cry out to God for that justice. But Nehemiah's ultimate hope when confronted by these enemies was to trust in the victory of God and to give God the glory for that. In verse 15, we read, So the wall was finished on the 25th day of the month in 52 days. Amazing achievement. But look at the first thing that Nehemiah highlights. Not that this was his achievement, but that this was God's work. Look at the second part of verse 16. For the, the nations around about perceived that this work had been accomplished with the help of our God. What's Nehemiah's first role that he puts in place? 
You see it in verse uh, 1 of chapter 7. Now when the wall had been built and I had set up the doors and the gatekeepers, the singers and the Levites had been appointed. So you have these gatekeepers. That's different from a guard. This was a spiritual role. It was to ensure that God's laws were going to be followed. He'd make sure those are in place first and then the singers are in place to ensure that the worship of God would continue. And then the Levites were put in place to ensure that God's presence would be known among his people. The point of all of this is Nehemiah is highlighting, look at what God has done. God has done this, not me. And we've seen this since chapter one. He turns again and again to God so that God might enable this work to take place. And here's the point. No enemy was going to stand in the way of what God was going to do. And now as we think about coming to a close, as we think about dealing with the enemies and attacks that come at us, this must be the fundamental starting point, recognising our complete dependence on God and highlighting the work that he has done, that is finished through Christ. And, And this is where we come back week by week, again and again, to the cross of Jesus Christ, his victory over sin and death and the resounding cosmic yes and amen to that victory seen in the resurrection of Jesus to perfect, resurrected, eternal life. This is our victory and we rest on that or we rest on nothing at all. And as we trust in the finished work of Jesus, as we do that, we have strength to resist the attacks of the enemy that come at us. Our confidence in God grows. We can find the renewed sense of hope and joy in the kingdom work that God is inviting us into because those enemies have been defeated. Nehemiah faced many attacks as he sought to live for God. And so will we. How will you respond? Don't let the deceiver come with his cheap, repeated tricks to bring you down. Don't give him any room. Look back to the victory of Jesus Christ. Remember Christ and him crucified. Thank him for it. Worship him for it. And let that victory empower you to confidently resist whatever attack of the enemy will come at you this week. May it be so, for Jesus' sake, for your good and your help. Amen.